A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense, but we are a science here to make things make sense. Today we are talking about PrEP, which is a drug you take to prep in some ways to preventatively not get HIV. Super fascinating. We know lots of people who are on it, so we wanted to talk about the science, the history, and if it's safe. Hmm. Huh. Makes you go, huh. It actually does make you go, huh. <laughs> I almost just stopped recording the podcast. <laughs> Oops, I'm like, okay, that's it. Bye. Performance art piece about just teasing people about a very important subject and snipping <laughs> it right in early. Uh, I like feel so tired all of a sudden, and that's because I just had a hot shower. It was a regret. I oh, I was in a hot chocolate. I was like, depths of summer? No. You I, didn't end with cold? No, because I hate cold, and I love hot, and... Um, every time I do this in the afternoon, I regret it, but I cannot, I cannot resist the temptation to have a hot shower. Like if I'm going to have a shower and it's in the morning, a hot shower doesn't make me tired. It makes me feel great. But if I do it in the afternoon, I always know, like, be careful. You make it, you'll regret it. You'll be really tired. Like it's like coming out of a hot tub. Um, but every time that dial just keeps going up and up and up. And Wait, really you hot. make it hotter and hotter and hotter and test <laughs> yeah. yourself your limits? No, I don't know the limit. It's, we're in a heat wave. I know, I just don't know the limit until I'm out. I, I, it's like after you like move and then you sweat when you stop moving. It's like after I'm yeah. out of the shower, like now it's been like 10 minutes and I'm like, now it's hitting me. I'm so annoying, but we frio, you gotta make it cold. I haven't had a sour. Wow, I'm about to say the most annoying thing and I'm gonna start over. I know I just said sour. <laughs> I haven't had a shower. I haven't had a sour beer in years. No, I have. Okay. I don't like You haven't had beers. a shower? I haven't had a shower that hasn't ended in cold in over a year. You're <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> I know what I do depending on the day and the need. Like if, if hungover, I'm like, we're talking 30 seconds here. If it's like a great day, I've had a great sleep. I'm like, just five seconds. Like it, my, my limit of how long the cold's going to hit me. And I not, I just hate to say it, but it works. It makes you feel bright. Your eyes just crack open. The crusties shoot right out. So I just am like, okay, we actually... Uh, we're running it down. Yeah, yeah, cool uh, no, like, well, we've done like... Wait, have we only done a bunch of research and not made a video or a pod? I don't remember. Okay, I'll look <laughs> back, but I'm running it down. So my question is, and I know we probably talked about this ad nauseum at least, but I obviously hate the cold. And I'm just like... Like, I just want to know so badly what it feels like when it touches your skin. Because it, like, feels so bad for me it, that I'm it, like, you, it can't feel that way for no, you. No, otherwise you wouldn't it do it. It does. That's the point. It, no. It, no, it feels, like, shocking and bad. And I'm not enjoying myself in the moment. I'm feeling stressed. And I'm like, and I go. Yeah, but then can. when I get out of the shower, I'm alive. And the world has a new perspective. The only time I can have a cold shower is if I'm already sweating. And like I know what I don't I even like it. like it's harder for me when I'm like sweating because it's like it hurts even more because it's like so hot. Oh, I like it because if I'm like overheated, then that cold yeah. feels good. Yeah, no, but I'm, I'm not. I'm telling you, you did that the it other day. never feels good. That's the point. You That's know what I mean? Sick. Why do you do that? Because I know then I won't be t- as tired after. That's all. It's like me just thinking about the future. You know what? What is so wrong with being tired? Okay. No, I'm not. I'm just saying, you know, everyone in LA that we met drinks Red Bulls before they have to do podcasts. I'm so curious, like, if there's, like, some evolutionary reason why being warm like that makes you tired. Okay, but we wrote it down, so now. Although I do know, like, from my sleep research, like, if you have a bath before bed, you heat your, you, like, are evaporating heat faster, and it's your body's natural response to cool down when you're falling asleep. So maybe it's still just tied to that, even when it's in the afternoon. That probably is the answer. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, it probably is. 
And it's like having. Would you ever have a drink in a hot tub? Crazy. I hate. I, I think I about me. I literally hate. It. I'm like this is disgusting. This is a vile place to be. <laughs> when I was on Big Brother, they like never cleaned the hot tub, and I've never smelled something more gross. And we would still Ew. go on it because we were desperate. And literally, my skin would smell for like 48 hours. Ew. That, <laughs> it's like I didn't like hot tubs before, and now I'm just like oh. that was my only bad experience <laughs> with hot tubs. Like my desperation because I love them, so I'm going in this like smelly hot tub. They're and literally like dangerous for your balls and like. <laughs> for like reproduction and like everything well, about them i don't need gross. that <laughs> <laughs> true uh, um you know what i've noticed is if i don't lead this podcast you won't you drag me when i'm like okay so why don't we like go on to the next oh section. my god okay, wait, I can, if no, i, can I do don't it. say it you will just go silent <laughs> and then that's why i always do a sigh because i'm testing to see if you will be like okay let's go on to the next section. okay then i'm gonna take some <laughs> oomph as i just had a cold shower i will use utilize that energy let's go into what we learned this week yeah, why don't you do oh, it, Greg? Okay. <laughs> Cancel. <laughs> I didn't even know I did it on purpose. Oh, what did we learn this week? Okay, uh, so I learned about wine. This was cool. Okay, he takes cold showers and drinks wine. Yeah, I'm white. <laughs> okay, so it's about white wine. <laughs> My people's wine. <laughs> Kidding, I'm not Italian or whatever. Um, I think that this is the type of Do you think wine is Italian? Um, actually, no, I guess like Roman people drank it. I don't know. I, for some reason, I feel like it's like French no, or German. No, French. But it's like, it's but, like, uh, what place it like, is most famous for wine? But isn't it like truly so old that it's like pre... Yeah, like medieval. But like where would that... Just like throughout Europe, I guess. I'm sure Italy, yeah, all the Italian No, I'm sure streaming. an indigenous culture in the Americas did it first where and were just like taught that. wine invented? Let's see what It's going to be say. argued probably. Georgia is generally considered the oh. cradle of wine. As archaeologists have traced the world's first known wine creation back to the people of South Caucasus in 6000 BC. And Americans, oh. we're not talking about your state of Georgia, okay? <laughs> okay, what did you learn? But now I'm like, it kind of goes with what I'm saying. You know the whole like natural wine trend where I'm actually positive I've seen some that are from Georgia and now I'm like, that's <laughs> like we've all like reverted to wanting to just like, like drink dirt like or a, whatever. Yeah, like, a like we like it better because it costs more even though it's just like less produced and probably cheaper to make. <laughs> so I think that this information could change the wine world and we could start like a natural wine brand in toronto and make so much money and the bottles would be green and this is why okay so the color of the white wine bottle like the physical color of the glass they have found has a huge impact on the taste of the wine and they found that there's specific chemicals in wines that make them taste flowery and fruity but when specific like wavelengths of light hit those chemicals they alter them to taste like what people say is more like wet dog or boiled cabbage. <laughs> and so like, Oh, like, so I see. So like when it's hit with those lights, people are more likely to say that a wine tastes like, well, wet. because the chemicals Imagine are Imagine saying that. Well, because they're asked they're, they do crazy. taste tests with people. And, well, they're just like, what does this taste like to you? And they're like <laughs> wet dog. Yeah. Because, and sometimes you do drink wines and you're like, this is rotten and they're like no it's actually earthy and you're like that's disgusting but anyways (laughs) the wavelengths of light like not just any light it's like light from the sun it can be fluorescent light there's specific wavelengths that when the bottles are green they have found that these specific molecules don't get altered and the wine tastes fresher and better for longer and when the bottle is clear the what the wavelengths get in and essentially makes the the white wine taste rotten way more quickly so they did like a thousand fifty two bottles of wine there were 70 specific molecules that make the wine like taste quote unquote good or lighter or like again this is all subjective but like mm-hmm. people have said this and after seven <laughs> days 70 percent of those good tasting chemicals were altered to taste bad when they were in clear bottles huh. when they were in green bottles it took 50 days for the wow. same amount of chemicals to be altered so it was like I guess that's why people have like wine cellars and keep yeah, them out of, out of the light. light. But I was like, don't like you potatoes. think a white natural wine in a green bottle is so kitschy and cool it could sell it? Yeah, you know what? Our biggest challenge would be like making wine that tastes good. Oh god, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. <laughs> like it can still taste bad if it's in a green bottle. So we would just go to like you know the the cool trendy Niagara winery and just be like. If you put it in a green bottle, it'll stand out and you have science to sell it. Yeah, you're right. That there could be a kitschy and like the the name of it could ha- relate yeah, to it. Yeah, Verde. 
or just like Green how it ash. stays like what's a science word for like it staying fresh you know stagnant what I mean? oh no that's <laughs> no, the opposite yeah um you know i have a memory and i don't know if this is true but i thought that was the reason that beer bottles are brown for a similar reason. Well, I was thinking about that. I'm like, there's also green beer bottles. But that don't maybe don't quote is. me. And I just like don't want to like. No, no. Let's just not even say that because we don't know of any information. But we now can picture what the glass will look like. Mm-hmm. A green or brown Sleeman, but a tall one for white wine. Yeah. It's not like, about Doesn't yeah. Heineken use green glass? Exactly. Like the glass exists. Yeah. <laughs> Can't be that hard to make. No. <laughs> okay. I, that's why I'm like. <laughs> yeah. Let's start let's a wine company. Yeah. So reach out. That's if what people you do. Make wine. Yeah. I would do a lot. Actually, uh, this is what I would love. Like, I have no interest in, like, making products and stuff because, A, it's too much work. B, I don't know. And the world doesn't need that. more. But people are going to drink no matter what. So what I (laughs) want to do with products is work with companies that already make things and find a like an angle that's sciencey for like a that's co-product of theirs what? literally this that's what i'm saying yeah. so like if there literally were people who make wine out there i'd be like let's make an asap science wine that is like in green bottles with someone else because i don't want to have to learn how to like no make wine or i ain't make bottles and grapes or you know any other category i'm always like oh it'd be fun to do a science version of that but to start from zero is like i'd rather collaborate and do collaborative projects <sighs> we'll you know? call it grape lady or like you know the girl that trips and falls best viral video ever <laughs> okay you're totally moving away from the idea of the science name no i know but i'm just like in this moment now i'm like surely someone's named their wine grape, grape lady. lady that's so true <laughs> but i want a grape lady but i want like a cool hipster like pen and ink drawn um, lady. label of the lady falling in the viral and it just, video maybe it's just and it called says, <laughs> yeah and it's called <laughs> by asap science <sighs> Okay, there you have it. If there's any wine sommeliers out there or people who make wine in factory or what do you call them? Oh my god, now I'm like we wineries. Just, we're now doing now we're not doing an episode about our sommeliers bullshit. Okay, continue. Oh, whoa. Okay, dangerous. Okay. Uh this week I learned a little more about perfectionism. Um as you all know, I'm a sufferer and it's not a good thing. And interestingly, I feel like People used to act like that was a good thing when we were younger, you know? Really? Was, not like it was a good thing, but there was kind of like, people would be like, yeah, I'm a perfectionist. You know what I mean? Like, it was kind of like a badge to wear on your shoulder that you could, like, be so preoccupied by doing something perfect. Like, in the 90s, we thought so. sugar was okay and perfectionism was good. Yeah, <laughs> like, honestly. Of- and I think even adults would be like, oh, they're just a perfectionist. Like... In a, in a way that was like, well, that's why you're good at school. Anyway, so... Huh, no, that is actually interesting. I kind of have that in my mind. Like, I, I think I used to think it was a good thing when I was younger, up until university. And then I was starting to realize, oh, this is actually like the worst thing I've ever had in my life. Whoa, <laughs> oh, yeah, right, right. That's, like, that's tough. That sucks. <laughs> when you think something's good. And yeah. Because yeah. really it was part of my good. identity that was like strong. It was like why I was like good at things. You know? Whoa. So I just had to absolutely deconstruct who I was to get over that. And I have not gotten over it, by the way. Um, But, okay. (laughs) Turns out young adults today are more likely to be perfectionists and report more pressure from their parents than previous generations. What? But whenever I see a Gen Z kid, they have fat pants and look so chill. Yeah. But turns out it's all a facade. (laughs) No. um, Oh, no. Yeah. Basically. So we know perfectionists just like hold themselves to really intense standards, are overly critical of their shortcomings. Um, and evidence suggests, sorry, something in my throat, that these traits can contribute um, to negative mental health outcomes like anxiety and depression. So that's like, you know, we've learned that in the last few decades and now we're like, yeah, perfectionism is yeah. not good. Yeah. Um, so the research study that came out was just saying that um, like parents in particular are spending increasing amount of times doing schoolwork with their kids placing a higher value on hard work and increasingly monitoring their children and as a result that's making kids oh, more likely to be perfectionists and sense. more likely to feel like they're being judged more intensely yeah that makes sense um they had like a whole element that was talking about just like neoliberal society and capitalism and how we focus more on the individual than ever before and so it matters so much your individual performance hmm. which i thought was interesting god damn um, it i thought we were like past that shit no i think we're like in the very deep midst of that (laughs) it's like like we might be like conceptually past silicon valley but it's like everyone's still trying to do that oh my god (laughs) silicon valley is such a joke (laughs) 
Um, anyway, I thought that was interesting, especially if you're a parent. The study did go on to say that like it's not parents' fault because they're also in the system that's telling them they need to make sure their kids are super and hyper prepared yeah. for after school or during school and that it all matters so much and that if you're not getting perfect grades like your chances of success in life are so much lower so that sucks yeah because it does seem like yeah you're right we're conceptually maybe you're right when we grew up in the 90s people were like perfectionism isn't that bad we've now gotten to the point where people are like it's bad but it's not like things have changed. And I can understand like when you have a kid, you probably don't see it as like, you just think you're doing what's right for them and pushing that pressure on them. Like in the study, the kids were becoming perfectionists because of their parents. But the study was trying to be like, but let's not just like blame parents. Well, it is kind of scary. I guess if like everyone's like, it's hard to get jobs and like the right. markets are crashing. You're probably like, Oh God, if my kids are right. the best, I don't going to get a job. Yeah. But then it's like, chill out. Who cares? We should <laughs> just all stop working. But then we need to have like universal basic income and people who believe in socialism, not insane individualist. I know. Silicon Silicon Valley is such a joke. Like I keep thinking about how it's been like 10 years since we've been doing this stuff on YouTube. And it's like, it's eight of those years we've all, we've been like, no, (laughs) these people don't know what they're doing. You're not saving the world. And then they're still like come together and like, so to begin with our company is gonna save the world. It's like you still haven't gotten over the fact that we all know you're not saving the world. Like it's so weird. Like I thought you think their talking points would yeah. be more like like updated, so and upgraded. We realized that we ruined society, and but now here's... actually that is kind of what they started to do recently. Actually, but then it's yeah. like, no, we actually want you to stop. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> we yeah. kind of want you to like step down and maybe split up and get uh, divided. Hashtag Elizabeth Warren. Is that her name? <laughs> Bernie Sanders too. Lots yeah, of like, great American politicians. And in Canada, like we need to slice Rogers in half because they, yeah. they went down and then everyone's Wi-Fi went. <laughs> oh my god, we were in LA when that happened and we met someone who was from Peru and like we couldn't get it. <laughs> we couldn't get. For you don't know hot. all of Canadian like phone on Rogers, which is like the main one of them. There's only like two big phone companies really, and a couple of small ones. Everyone's phone stopped working. Yeah, Internet, Wi-Fi, everything. And even <laughs> while we were shopping in the States, we couldn't use our phones. And we had... There's such insane monopolies in Canada of these dumb, large companies that our stupid governments decided to not split up. Rogers is one of them. So when it went down, like everything stopped working. Like, people couldn't get money out. Like all transactions <laughs> stopped working. Everyone's <laughs> stores couldn't like process money. The gas stations had to take cash only. The weekend at a concert at the Rogers Center and he had to cancel it because like the mountains of his set wouldn't move or it's whatever. Like depended on Wi-Fi. <laughs> like, it's so funny but she was from Peru and she's like wow like Canada like I'm from Peru and like not like like she was just obviously not trying to like judge her own country but she was like that's funny like that's never happened in our country like I didn't think Canada yeah, had like 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 black at wi-fi issues i was like well we do because of capitalism and monopolies and she was gonna die i'm not interested in that (laughs) conversation (laughs) no we're not gonna die i don't know that's where i go okay (laughs) like capitalism is all dying i mean we are all gonna die capitalism is not take capitalism's bad (laughs) but we do need to split up rogers okay i don't know how we got there we're talking about (laughs) okay yeah let's take a break and we will come back oh dang i meant to let you lead that oh you lead it, Greg. Lead us out. Lead so us out to the commercial break. we're going to take a break to hear speaking about capitalism from our sponsors. <laughs> Study time. No. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> he just doesn't know which button to push. Comment. Oh my god. There you go. Could have been in a worse place. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. <laughs> 
Study time. Study time. Study time. Study time. Since we're going to be talking a lot about men who have sex with men, let's just play something from one of our pop girlies. Demonetize on YouTube. Oh, <laughs> no, it has to be over a certain amount of time. Yeah, that's why I stopped it. Also, it was so, that's from my cell phone. It's so fuzzy wuzzy that, like, YouTube won't know. They don't know, they don't know what's going on. We'll see if this video disappears within five minutes. Now you know. But maybe it will be taken down because we said YouTube doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> They're listening. Um, yeah, I guess, uh, obviously, many studies and stuff will focus on um, men who have sex with men. But obviously, but it, it is not. Yeah, a lot of studies I have are about heterosexual people, oh, that's interesting. Okay, needle mind. users, things like that. Yep. Other people who are at So risk. where do we want to start? We're talking about prep today, which if you don't know, okay, stands expose. for... Are you on it? What? Are you on prep? Oh, no, I'm not. Me neither. Um, it stands for Should pre-exposure be? prophylaxis. We're not having this conversation on the pod. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Me trying to just be like, let's just be real. And you're like, we're not talking about that. Okay, fair. Uh, Although the research made me think, like, why not be on it? Well, we'll oh, but get I, to that at the end. I okay. actually, I fig- like, I figured you were Still doing, like, some explanation, it. and I'll talk about the pros and benefits at the end. The pros and benefits is all so, good. Yeah, the pros and cons. Um, there are cons. I'm tired, I shower, and I'm sleepy. Yeah, you need to go jump in a cold lake. There are cons. Yeah, that's what I mean. Which I think are worth talking And about. all I need for me is one con, and I'm spooked. You know? It's like yeah. one bad comment. Ooh. Okay. Um, well. Let's just explain what it is, because there's lots of people who don't know what prep is. Okay, so it is a... Medication. It's a series of drugs, and we'll get into the actual biochemistry of them. Kind of complicated, but for now, overarching, it's like it's a preventative medication for not getting HIV, hmm. and it works really well yeah. if done and taken properly. Correct. Which I think is one of my big takeaways. Yeah, from and all I this. think we thought it'd be interesting to talk about. A, it is obviously very common in the gay community. Lots of our friends take it who are it's meant for people who are um like have a higher exposure or whether that's through sex, whether that's through needles or whatever the circumstance. It's just like lots of our friends take it because they might be hooking up with other people regardless of whether they're practicing safe sex or not. It's just like an extra element mm-hmm. of protection that can give them peace of mind that they never have to worry if, you know, they're partying and they end up having sex with someone and they don't realize. Yeah. Or so it is a mix of chemicals, kind of. Like there's tenofovir disoproxyl fumarate. Cute. Also called TDF, way easier to remember. And then there's FTC, which also has a confusing name, but there's no point in even saying them. But the, the Federal Trade Commission? <laughs> like honestly, like it's like easier to say that because it's so complicated. But essentially, two separate biochemicals that have different names depending on which brand you're taking. So a popular one is like Truvada. Yeah. And that is a mix of the two chemicals that are necessary to elicit the effective responses in your body that these studies have done. Yeah. And they, I recall that they, um, those two in particular, like they put them together because the success rate of both of them at the same time is yes. like really high. And so what it's doing is it's blocking HIV reverse transcriptase, which I think we'll get into a little bit when you talk about how HIV works. Yeah. Would it be better to talk about that? I think so. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Because obviously, yeah, like we're wanting to understand what is HIV. Most people understand that it is a virus uh, that infects people. And most people have the image that it's primarily like in the queer community, but that's not entirely true. But obviously like it has, there was like an AIDS epidemic. Um, HIV, when it's exacerbated or reaches a certain point, becomes AIDS. Um, and so let's just talk a little bit about what that is. So obviously it's a virus. You can only contract it if you if it enters into your bloodstream and you're infected with it. So that can either happen through like blood, semen, vaginal fluids, these kinds of things, or breast milk even is it can transfer through. Um, and then once it's inside, it basically attacks your immune system, in particular T helper cells, um, and it those cells obviously play a major role in your immune system. So it binds onto them, goes into them, puts its genome inside of them. It's a retrovirus, so it's putting RNA inside that is then transcribed into DNA. And it also has like a bunch of replication enzymes that enter those cells. And basically like most viruses, and most people are probably more familiar with it because of COVID. It's like once a virus is in you, it's just like replicating, using your body's machinery and your cell's machinery to make more and more and more of itself. And that's ultimately what it does. So it's taking over your T cells and the longer it's there, the more likely it is to destroy those T cells as yeah. well. Um, 
it can end up making 10 billion new virons, virons, how do you say that? Yeah, virons, virons, virons each day. But the interesting thing about HIV in particular that a lot of people maybe don't know about is that there can be a really long latency period. So you could be infected and for eight years, you, you may not have any symptoms at all. Um, if you're not tested, you may not know you have it. You could be tested and find out you have it. Um, but eventually, if you're not tested and treated ahead of time, it will kill those T cells. And that's when people talk about like their T cell count. If it falls below 200 cells per cubic millimeter of blood, that become, becomes acquired immune deficiency syndrome or AIDS. Hmm. Yeah. So the replication of the virus involves reverse transcriptase, which is what PrEP when taken and you have enough of this drug in your blood, it is sent, it'll, it'll block the ability for that enzyme to replicate the HIV virus mm. or the HIV virus. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's kind of like, it's pretty incredible science. It's like a more recent discovery in many ways. And that's why there are a lot of like in our life. Cause we know a lot of people like men who have sex with men it's like a common thing amongst people to be on prep as like a regular, not just if you're going to hook up with someone, but taking it like every day all the time. Okay. So then this is the thing. There's also something called pep, which is a way that you take the similar drugs. If you think you have been exposed or had unsafe. Oh, sex. I didn't know about that. So like yeah, as, a, as almost like a day a preventative. A, yeah. A preventative post having something like, like exposure, a post, exposure. Like post exposure. Yeah. But that is like, um, not as effective and really like my main takeaways from reading all, all of these studies is that you have to be really regimented with your intake of prep because the sort of percentage of like efficacy really can vary based on whether or not you are taking the pill every mm -hmm. day yeah do you have the number no. on yo i did know that oh, okay. <laughs> because I've, I've asked people about it and that um I don't want to, I don't know. You may have these numbers written down. I didn't because I kind of knew you were taking that aspect yeah, of it. But like how many, there's like a certain amount of days before if you, if you know you're going to be exposed say, or say like you have a partner who is non-detectable or has HIV and you're wanting to have sex. Like there's a period of time before, I don't know if it's like two to five days that you should have taken prep to have it be at its most effectiveness. Yeah. Yeah. So like anecdotally, I think someone told me it's sometimes two days, but I please don't quote me on that. No, I so the so the um, on demand or intermittent prep means taking pills only on days before or after having sex, and it's called a two one one dosing or something like that. Okay. Two pills between two to twenty four hours before sex, one pill twenty four hours after, and one pill another twenty four hours after. But that is like not ideal. That's not going to give you the famous like ninety nine percent famous. No, well everyone says like <laughs> all yeah, of our friends right. ninety. It is famous ninety nine percent efficacy. <laughs> that's what everyone says. They're like I'm yeah, on yeah, prep yeah. and it's ninety nine percent effective. And yeah. that's only that's not when you're doing these types of dosing. Right. That's when you're constantly on it. And there are different studies say either it takes a week or two weeks or a month to get up to that sort of like. Essentially, when they're studying people, they're measuring how much of the prep or the chemicals from prep are in their blood. And when the the chemicals are high, which means those people are dosing properly for long periods of time, that's when you get the 99% effective. Mm. And it's also only 99% effective through sex. If you're sharing needles, it goes down to 74% effective. Mm. So that's kind of interesting because it's like, it's just... Like, I don't know the biochemistry of why, but they know that. And then some people who are taking it four pills a week as opposed to seven pills a week, which you're supposed to be doing, like, they're forgetting. Right. It goes down to, like, 94% effective. Okay. So yeah. it's, like, essentially you're trying to keep these chemicals in your body. Circulating through your yes. blood at all times. Like, it's a physiological biochemical, like, response that your body needs to have enough of these chemicals in your body in order for it to work, mm -hmm. which I think is like really important for people to understand that like those really incredible percentages can change quite quickly if you're not being regimented about it, which I'm yeah. sure when you go to a doctor and before you take any of these drugs, you should talk to a healthcare professional. And I think you have to in Canada to get it. They'll explain that to you. I'm yeah. sure. But it's like, yep. sometimes like, yeah, sometimes you can forget or whatever. It's like, it's really important that you like stay regimented with this. If you're yep. wanting to tout that it is going to be, 99% effective through sex. I don't have any like regular pills I have to take, but anytime I've taken like antibiotics or anything that you have to take for, you know, extended period of time, I really wish I had like, there's some really cool inventions nowadays to help you 
Oh yeah, there's like your pills, blah, like alarms, or, something. or like even um, like buttons on top of like the top of it for you to know if you've taken it already, or like sometimes they lock after you've like. Oh, I, I've just seen what? like really interesting contraptions that help you to not have to remember if you've Yay. taken the pill. Because I always like I've had to even like I take vitamin D pills. That's actually one, and I sometimes I'm like, have I already taken it? So now I only take it if I'm about to brush my teeth, so that it's always mm, oh, linked. Smart. So yeah. then I, I never really forget if I brush my teeth because I can kind of tell. Um, and so like that's when I do it <laughs> have you seen those like funny memes on TikTok of like a guy being like been on prep for three months like like constantly taking my prep pill but never having sex it's like funny like things are just being like you're like, like going to my doctor and like being like I need prep and then like never getting laid <laughs> but like it is so okay so there's something like that's the hard part yeah. like interesting about this because also there's like HIV vaccines that are really like becoming more as options like with prep there's a lot of these amazing things happening and they think that they're going to be harder to and in, like initiate into society because of this high stigma of being the HIV vaccine that you're someone who's a higher risk i see to like, like go and get a vaccine because you don't think people will take that that's what they've said. They've done a lot of like studies, like, like a people, vaccine, so you don't have to take a pill every day. It's like you. Get well, they your, actually the vaccine. They think like, like it's every day. Should, it should no. They think it should be mixed with prep. Oh, okay. they're like, why not in these specific groups okay. should we not have all of this access when we think about what they're what they're doing is like a cost analysis in the study I was reading and being like the amount of money it costs to deal with someone who gets infected with HIV versus paying for a vaccine and prep even for a year mm. amongst high risk populations, the cost benefit works out to just pay for the vaccine and pay for the prep. We're still at a place where like right. they're trying like scientists are trying to like use public health analysis to be like, this should all be free. Like it's cheaper if we just invest yes. in public health. And this is front. like a world scale thing. Also in so many categories where it's like, yeah. if we invest in public health and people, we I end know. up saving money. <laughs> I know. I can't stand our lack of foresight. But like, <laughs> and this goes all across all over the world. There's HIV pandemics in all different parts of the world. For us in like the Western world, like as like queer men or people who have sex with men, we t get, we talk about it a lot more, I think in our communities. So we would be the community that like, maybe like a Toronto, like public health would be targeting outreach would be targeting. And it's yeah. kind of made me think like, am I that like, am, am I not on prep? Cause I'm okay. Well, we'll talk about the safe sex thing, which I think we both are like, we just would rather wear condoms, mm -hmm. but it's like, why not also be on it? When I think about, um, I was sort of like the, the study was interesting to me. It was like, am I, thinking that by going on it there's like a stigma there and it made me think a stigma to going on prep yeah like they, they definitely... said there's an issue with people getting people to go on prep and get the mm. hiv vaccine because people don't want to admit that they because of stigma that we yeah. have inside they don't want to admit that they are a part of a population that needs to yeah i would say like anecdotally it seems that lots of people who are who are comfortable identifying as gay or queer are comfortable taking prep yeah that's the way it seems to me just like in my circle of friends but obviously to your point on the extreme side of thing there are people who are closeted there are people who are not comfortable getting a prescription for a drug whoa right that maybe are like i don't want to go that uh, and then there's everyone in between some people yeah. who are just like i don't want to i don't see myself as somebody who needs that or who's i think it's harder not harder sorry but i think a challenging point to be in is if like you're not that sexually active like some people are taking it because they know every week they might be hooking up with someone yeah. or they're going to like sex parties or whatever and we don't need to talk about people wanting to have bareback condomless sex yeah exactly <laughs> that people... was like my annoying condescending well that is out, like that's the thing i worry about fair but well, i mean later, but um i lost my train of thought no you're saying like that the like there's so many different like people are maybe not taking it because they're thinking they're not. Yeah. They're like, I'm going to have sex once a month. Yeah. Do I really want to take a pill every day if I'm going to like have mm -hmm. it like a randomly, like maybe not for the next three months. <laughs> okay. Well, let's <laughs> go into any side effects. Cause that's what you were saying. Maybe there were. Yeah. Well, I guess like basically the, these were just like negative things about prep. So some evidence does suggest though it is sometimes seen as controversial that yeah. the rise of something like prep has created a rise in less condom usage in yeah. anal sex um which has uh, created rising rates of other stis 
um, outside of HIV. So even though you're on PrEP, yes, maybe you have like a great chance of not being infected because you're 99% protected. But um, a meta-analysis of 18 studies found that um, SDIs among men who have sex with men who were given PrEP were 25 times higher for gonorrhea, 11 times higher for chlamydia, and 44 times higher for syphilis than men who have sex with men who were not given prep. Okay, wow. So I was thinking more about like, apparently can give you nausea and headaches for like a week. <laughs> but like, I'm like, only in 1% to 10% of people, like, can you get a little nausea, but it but, goes away. Uh, but that, that is why I'm not on prep. But that's not, <laughs> oh, fair. I mean, it, like, no, but it is, you, it if is. you know well, that information, I, you I can know. still be wearing condoms. Exactly. Okay, so this is the thing that made me think. It made me think, okay, I think having safe sex is just the most important thing <laughs> In the in world. The world. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I will never not have safe sex. Um, that being said, there was a part of me that was like, well, why not also be on prep? Because it's like, whatever. Like, I was just like kind of getting into the science. I was like, this is so revolutionary. Like, fun. But actually now, I'm like, this. those studies are the ones that I'd read that really made me think about this a lot. Where I'm like, gonorrhea. Like, a lot of people think, okay, well, you can take antibiotics. I'm like... Yeah, that is the difference about, like, obviously HIV. There's a hope for a cure in the future and some promising leads, but these other, like, gonorrhea, syphilis, chlamydia. Are, okay. are treatable. But then I'm like, we understand cell biology. All of those infections can yeah. lead to cancer. All yeah. of those infections are... Can have long-term not damage. Good. Like, not good. Like, I didn't know I had, like, yeah. hot take. You don't want is bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, and you have to take um, antibiotics. Like, I already have to take enough for my goddamn strap. I mean, Which even, sometimes I'm like, even, is that throat gonorrhea? No. Yeah, kidding. no. Antibiotics is not great that it's like, yeah. I'm like, wait, you mean your throat your gonorrhea? Like, what? It might be. Um, <laughs> no, but, okay. Either way, I think this is a serious issue. And this is, like, actually why I wanted to do the video. Because I do think that prep is an amazing important thing but it is wild the stories that i hear from friends who are like i wanted to use a condom and they were just like mm, sorry like like people I, refused like, to they're like them, are you yeah. on the, and constantly it's like wait but aren't you on prep and it's like yeah but i don't know you well yeah, and yeah. i don't trust you and there's a lot more than hiv that can be transmitted right like yes you, you... that's the part that i think sometimes is getting lost like like when people are like oh i'm on prep now it's like okay, but like maybe still wear a condom if you don't know them that well. Mm-hmm. Or like, yeah. like I, I kind of have been feeling that, especially because I know that gonorrhea is like really common in Toronto right now. And like, I've heard lots of stories about it that I've just been like, oh God, like mm-hmm. that's a really, in my opinion, important study as like a gay man. I'm just like, I think like people have to take the, a level of their own health into their own responsibility and yeah. make those choices. I think yeah. as long as people are educated. Understand that. I mean, yeah. obviously it's not great if there's a burden on the health system that all these people are taking antibiotics. It can like perpetuate the problem of antibiotic resistance that we're seeing in society. So it's not great to be hmm, catching these things yeah. and taking these pills all the time. Um, but obviously from your own personal responsibility, like, yeah, you, if you care about that and don't want to get any like viral disease or sti or yeah. hiv then you would be like oh you can be on prep and you can wear condoms or have safe sex but i would just say like obviously lots of people do do that and every now and then find themselves in a situation where they're maybe drunk or just like not thinking properly yeah. and do the, make these choices without hmm. meaning to so i think there's a difference there are some people who are like i will never have sex with a condom which to me is weird especially if like the person you're with wants you do yeah that's a whole different thing but um there is a section of the population who probably has it happen every now and then or once yeah, in a while. That's and so that's true. why it is important to have something like prep. Cause obviously even though HIV is treatable and like people can live perfectly healthy, normal lives with it, it's a different kind of thing than getting an STI. Yeah. And so it, it makes stands to reason that is the one that has had so much more focus on it. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, so it's just like, it is interesting if those things are going up though because we've revolutionized mm-hmm. the ability to be less scared in yeah. some ways of hiv and like the gay male population in general of course there are other populations that deal with this like it was so focused on hiv and aids for so long so the fact that that doesn't have to be mm-hmm. as strong as a fear i think kind of blinds people in a little way to like the other issues that just like yeah even straight couples have to face around stis yeah like 
because all we've been told growing up is like, be careful, don't get AIDS. Yeah, yeah. Like the first thing that happens when you come out if you're young is people start being like, well, I don't want you to get sick. And you're like, yeah. Okay, so then you find out, oh, there's this pill that can stop that. I think a lot of people just like, don't think about it. Yeah, you're so right about the, with awareness and knowledge, taking agency because i kind of think so much about that now with COVID. i'm like we do that every day mm-hmm. like we all have now you have learned to assess your own like comfort and risk to deal with death and yeah. disease like it's really morbid but we've all had like a huge lesson in like risk and just sort of using scientific knowledge to figure out your own comfort level with things and so i'm like i think that's what i'm mainly I'm saying is like, I want people to understand that there are other risks to unprotected sex if on prep. And then you can go forth and make that decision accordingly. Yeah. My, my worst, the sad part would be when someone's like goes on prep and is all excited and then doesn't realize when they get gonorrhea, like, like, Oh oh, wait, like I wouldn't have got gonorrhea if I had a condom on. Yeah. Like that's the the fear. Cause I think I almost kind of had that. I kind of like forgot about gonorrhea. Yeah. I mean, I've never, I like always just like vowed to myself. I was like, Greg, just, always wear a condom and I think they're sexy. <laughs> like what happened? Why are they like, I've always been like, what? Like the first time I was taught about sex, it was like, put on a condom. And it was like the hottest thing ever. It's like, that means <laughs> you're like having sex. It. Yeah. Cause it was like, we were never ever, I'm sorry. We're going to do our Catholic school episode <laughs> an abstinence episode soon. And I'm so sorry about your education, but like for our education, <laughs> never got it. <laughs> like it was like, they just taught you, you wear a condom. There was no yeah. discussions around whether you did or didn't. Like mm-hmm. they were talking to kids in grade eight and grade nine. They're like, we're not going to be like, do you want to have a baby? They're like, no, everyone, this <laughs> is how you put condom. on a condom. And it was like the first time that I was in school, like touching a a fake wooden dick and i was like <laughs> putting a condom on it and i was like this is so hot that is so funny but like i'm like why where did it become not hot i don't know to people like i don't i like, don't get it i think to some people there's like just there can be complaints around discomfort or like it not feeling as good because you're like basically providing a barrier to sensation do you know what i mean mm-hmm. that's why i think like there are condoms being developed or like marketed now that are like it feels like you're not wearing one yeah so i think like a lot of people who are like i don't wear them it's because they've gotten their mind that it's like not as good it's oh it. and we did those when we were doing the porn episode there was all those studies about how unprotected sex in porn has gone up so much and mm-hmm. so is the rate of unprotected sex like like seeing it in yeah porn. and i think on top of yeah porn perpetuating it um because obviously i mean not obviously but in a lot of porn they're like all tested before they have to make sure that they're not spreading yeah. stis not to say that that was happening i honestly am but, like yeah when's the last time you seen an condom in porn like wow rare yeah and i remember like <laughs> a few times being like wow there's a condom and on top <laughs> of that going back to just like any like the the risk i think for some people is sex sexy right like by not wearing one there's like a turn on that there's like some level of risk or like Whoa. it's different um i wanted to go back to like the that how you mentioned short term and long term effects of prep like you mean the side effects side effects yeah, okay. yeah so both as you mentioned it can be like nausea headaches diarrhea these are the things like you might experience some people that could last up to a month like it can take a while yeah. for your body One to ten percent of people yeah yeah there's lots of people who take it don't really feel any of this and are able to just kind of like go on as though they haven't taken a new pill but it's worth knowing that and there are long-term side effects like a loss of bone mineral density liver health and kidney damage that have occurred so but i oh wait i read that it was like that they will test your kidney before yeah, giving it to you is, and then you it's and not. i think if you're on prep for an extended period of time so say you did have a reason to be on it or you had a partner who is you know has hiv and you want to take it all the time it's i i believe it's healthy to be like talking to your doctor about testing your blood on yeah. a regular basis in in canada which is the website i was reading from they said that like before you go on prep they test to make sure that you're hiv negative and they test uh, your uh, kidneys mm. just because it can like increase coast wait what's creatinine it can create for some reason increases creatinine which is like can put a strain on your kidney mm. but like so like at least you'll get tested for those things before yeah so for the most part i think it won't but it's good to know like obviously taking anything perpetually forever is gonna have some impact on your body so it is like weighing that cost balance of like how often are you needing it because i think it's not recommended that you're constantly coming on and off of it you know? yeah but, but that but you again like talk that. to you you can yeah, and yeah. i think you should just talk to your like health 
professional like yeah, go yeah. to an STI clinic they can give you the advice and I've heard there. Lot, I read lots of different like I read things and that were like it's the totally nice thing safe to go here on. in Canada at least is there's lots of sex clinics that aren't if you did not want to have to face like your doctor because you felt embarrassed like these people like where you go and get your STI checks or anything like that they're like at least the one I've been to so friendly and so sex positive and just like they're there to help you learn and keep you safe my doctor loves talking about gay sex oh yeah like i mean i'd be happy to talk to mine about <laughs> like, that too so funny. It's like, like so how's like banging the boy like he says like the <laughs> oh funniest thing yeah like he's like this older how's man banging the boy well i remember when i first started going to him he's like I, he was like are you like now i'm like does everyone get asked this it's like does he not know you're gay no <laughs> are you like gay <laughs> no it was like when you first start going to a doctor like I don't know if it was like my vibe or I'm like, it's really cool. It's no, like, I think he they have to every ask guy. It's like, do you have sex with men or something? And then I was just like, yeah. And then he was like, oh, well, I've like, been working obviously. in the church and Wellesley community for years. I have tons. I like, I'm so good with gay guys. Like, oh like he God. kind of like made it be like, oh my God, another one to my roster of my amazing care. So he's like, I don't know. It's just like his vibe. It's like, I think he's kind of like, okay, here's this like boring vanilla white guy coming in, but he's like, but uh, he does have gay sex. And he's got a little bit really, of a twist. <laughs> yeah. He's like, so the party drugs, which ones? Like all this oh stuff. Oh my like, God. And it's kind of nice because you're like, whoa. Right. Like, you I'm feel seen. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> it's hard. Like when you ask to a really specific question, it's like, yeah. I feel like sometimes people are waiting around for their doctor to like, Maybe they're not willing to say the thing because they're like nervous, mm -hmm. but like he really does seem to go down right. the list of like intense questions where I'm like, just come straight out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's, he's like this like 65 year old man <laughs> who also has gout. And I'm like, yeah, cool, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, does yours talk about actually? Like, he's no. talked to me about prep before. Yeah. Like, no, I've never really talked to my doctor about being gay, to be honest. Really? Wait what yeah no like she definitely knows and she doubt it would have been like on my intake form i've just been with her for so long and i've only ever really gone for like other health concerns fully unrelated yeah. to maybe he really has been in the church and Wells community for so long that he is such a good gay yeah. doctor like obviously i would feel comfortable <laughs> talking to my doctor about anything but it's like not that none of those things have really been yeah no what it is is like i go in because my foot hurts and all of a sudden i'm getting like drilled about gay sex <laughs> okay yeah that's never ever <laughs> but like not in a bad so way funny. in a way that i'm like yeah like, okay, and i'm like, getting absolutely drilled <laughs> on prep <laughs> yeah like he's just like oh wow your foot hurts do you want to go on prep i'm like what <laughs> uh, um i don't really have much else to say me neither i, I think it's really fascinating i think it's cool that science has come so far yeah. the main point i think i really wanted to hit was just like there are risks to unprotected sex, even if you're on prep. Mm -hmm. And I just want like everyone to know that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, including me. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm like, do I just go on prep too? Like, yeah, no, I think it's cool. I think I've seen a pretty big transformation. I remember almost 10 years ago learning about prep. Like I'm not that that's when it came out, but I remember starting to see it being marketed in Toronto and having those first moments of like, internal shame like not that i was taking it or was thinking of it but i was just like oh like well, i would not take that you know so it is nice to feel like so many of our friends are comfortable and confident to take it and talk about it and it doesn't have to be shameful because you could also be like a worried people will think that you're like being too sexually promiscuous well you might not yeah be, right? that's like, the issue with like what that study was trying to say mm -hmm. they're like in order to and i think why we've had such a better grasp of this because of covid it's just like it doesn't mean anything to try and be safe and lower your risk. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's just like truly everyone who has sex with men, whether you do like once every five years, never like you're just at a higher risk. Even mm -hmm. if you're someone who's like, not everyone I'm, who has sex with men, men who's have sex with men. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> or, but like, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. In our communities or places where HIV is high. It's like, there's just a certain point where there's like needs to be, an acceptance that the level of risk is higher from like an epidemiological perspective and there should be no shame in that. Mm -hmm. And even if you're like a needle user or something like that, like yeah. there's just like a certain point where there's just statistics that mm -hmm. add up that like, I think that's what we've learned through COVID is that we're looking at everything as these like large scale numbers and it takes that sort of like personal shame or attachment out of things in some ways because you're like okay i'm just like a statistic yeah and therefore i should just listen to and like i know who i am and i'm part of the statistics so what do i do now but yeah like i do feel like i do feel like we live in a really weird time of like risk assessment through knowledge of diseases is like so normalized like even like your fourth dose like all these things mm -hmm. it's like 
all these things that we're constantly thinking about, like, do I wait for the new vaccines in the fall or do I get my fourth dose? Everyone says right. get your fourth, fourth dose if you can. But like, you know what I mean? Like I'm mm-hmm. about to go get my fourth dose just being like, okay, that's my decision about my risk of dying from this random disease or getting long COVID. Like right. it's just like mm-hmm. a calculation that I didn't think like all of my, like the group chat was going to be about. Even now monkeypox, which I have to do an episode about. Like yeah. we're constantly calculating like our own self risk and decisions. Disease through scientific breakthroughs. Yeah. <laughs> what it means to be alive. It's pretty amazing in the end of the day. It's an amazing you know, feat of science. Choice fatigue, you know? Like, I'm someone who's like, I don't want to make making all these decisions for myself. It's hard. Mm. You know, when you, it is, that's why there's so much controversy around a lot of these things. Like, people just like don't know what the right answer is. And there's mm-hmm. lots of different ways to look at it. And not that I'm like justifying people who are like anti vax or anything, but I understand why there's a lot of fear around things. And the more decisions like this we have to make, the harder it can be for people. And the more sort of like divided we become mm-hmm. around it. And it's interesting, the choice. Like, I think that some people think of a choice as an action and they don't want to do an action because they're like burnt out. Like the action feels like more of a reaction to something mm-hmm. and just doing nothing feels easier Yeah. when really it might not be the right decision. Okay, wow. Wow. Should we do one about fourth doses? No, I guess that's like, are we COVID it out? Like, uh, like a bit, yeah. Yeah. Well, but, I'm going to get mine. Yeah. Mom, I'm going to get about mine. It. It's like crazy yeah, how it's been like, I don't like, I, I don't mind learning about COVID like still, but I feel like I don't like teaching about it that much because mm. it feels exhausting. Yeah. Um, but maybe, right. maybe I'll get inspired. We're, we're about to go on like a little break. I mean, like well, the podcast will still be going, but like it might be rejuvenated. Yeah. Like if something excited. crazy happens, like Will Smith got slapped yeah, you on won't the red hear carpet, us talk about we're it. not going to talk about it <laughs> for August. two weeks. No, in August we're going to Oh, true. But yeah, next week and next week. Better. We're going off grid. No we're reception, baby. When we come back, the video is going to be like, no phones. <laughs> is it the cure to everything? <laughs> Okay, you're going to lead the way out? I said peace. (laughs) Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.